This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends. Once again, just getting towards that business end of the season. Uh, a lot of games happened in the Premier League this weekend. We, we were back to sort of a, a full schedule list. So we do have a full uh, 10 games to cover for you. Um, so I think just going to jump right into the episode, to be honest, lads. And I think we'll start with the biggest result of the weekend. That being Brighton absolutely decimating Wolves, six goals to nil. Mm. Um And the most impressive thing is, you know, the likes of Matoma, McAllister, um, March, March, they March. were all rested. Yeah. Um, Cassetto was rested. Cassetto was rested as well. Um, a lot of these guys were uh, were were given a break from Deserby and wasn't great for the fantasy element no, of things, not. to be honest. But um, I mean, in terms of the result itself, what uh, Brighton absolutely played Wolves off the park. Yeah, yeah. 100 percent. It shows why Wolves are so far down the table that they are the the golfing class between the two. Maybe a couple of years ago, you would have thought. I'd say the general football fan would have thought, or general Premier League fan would have thought that Brighton and Wolves were kind of evenly matched teams. Um, but if you were to look at that result, you would think Brighton is where they're meant to be, where they're meant to be, and Wolves are where, where they're meant to be in the table as well. Six 0 two great goals from Danny Welbeck, two fabulous goals from Pascal Gross as well. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. Brighton fans on Twitter, especially, genuinely see Pascal Gross as one of the greatest players ever. Um, and it's and it's clear to see, to see why he's repaying their faith week in week out. Um, another great performance from uh, Purvis Estupinian. Um, just honestly, he's been one of the best left backs in the league this year. He's yeah. been an absolutely fabulous signing for them. Um, and then Dennis Undov as well, scoring uh, two goals, his first two goals in Premier League football, and he may kick on from here. It's it's just really really good looking at it. Um, Brighton fans will be buzzing, especially considering the, the players you said that weren't even playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a good look for them. Yeah, with Brighton, it, it's been common. Like, they, they create so much, they play such good football. Eventually, they were going to steamroll a team, and it was Wolves who were brutal, to be fair. But, um, as you were saying, like they were missing so many players. They will have benched them because they played so poorly um, in midweek against Forest. And, like I've seen after the game, Deserve said this is the best performance of his career he's seen from a team that he's managed which is just saying something because obviously he's managed some decent clubs um, but for like even like Gilmore played well that way Unda played well he was saying after the game too he probably should have played them more during the season which could have helped because obviously with their playing style and stuff like that it's tiring so mm-hmm. it's a massive result and like they'll still be thinking top four because they play now Man United on Thursday night but for Wolves it's just it was embarrassing, to be fair. But like the goals, a lot of them were really well taken goals, yeah. especially uh, Gross's Gross goals. First. Yeah. So you just got to give credit to Brighton, the most impressive performance this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we have given Brighton a lot of credit this season, and, and rightfully so. I think they probably have been like. I know Brighton were always a side that played nice, attractive football, mm-hmm. especially under Potter. But I think they've been the surprise package this season in the sense that. They have just been so good. From mm-hmm. from Deserby has come in. Um, they've they've. T- it's almost like he's taken what what Potter had built there, but now expanded it to to a new level. And the, some of the football that they play now is just a, a real joy to watch. To be honest, and I'd say those the fans of the Seagulls are really really happy with their manager. Really happy with their current squad. As we've already mentioned, you know there were a lot of guys that were sitting on the bench this weekend who are regular. First name on on the team sheet players, but it was good to see them give other players a run out. Like that guy Undav scored like thirty something goals last season, um, and that he was the Belgian Belgian league, I think, wasn't he? Right. Um, I think he was the Belgian league last season. Um, Undav and like he scored like thirty something goals in the league last year. Was a really really talented striker. Was very had a very very good goal to game ratio and. Look, it obviously hadn't worked out for him up until that point at, at Brighton, but I think, as Deserby then said in, in his press conference, these guys just hadn't seen enough minutes this season. So you can't exactly call them flops as such, but it was good to see them actually get minutes and play in the system and look comfortable in the system. Um, so I think that's only a positive for Brighton, to be honest, because once yeah. these guys start yeah. kicking on and if they can come off the bench and be implemented into that system <laughs> right away, then, God... 
the future really looks bright. Uh, really, really looks bright for Brighton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, look, they are going to lose players in the summer. We yeah. all know that. Um, but you trust that recruitment department that they have down there that they probably are going to get it right more times than they're going to get it wrong. Yeah, they've done fabulous, especially tying down the likes of Ed, Evan Ferguson to long-term deals, even Moises Cassetto, even though he is probably going to leave this summer, to get him on that contract so they can get as much money as possible for mm-hmm. him was an amazing piece of business. Um, but just on like Dennis Undov, like that's Undov, Welbeck and Evan Ferguson. They've gotten their striking ranks now for, let's say, the next two years. Or sorry, on, on, until the end of next season, at the very least, like uh, you're you're doing all right there. Do you know what I mean? The, well, they're actually going into the market this summer for a striker. For a striker. Well, they signed Joe Pedro. They signed oh, Joe yes, Pedro yeah, there from Pedro. Watford, yeah. thirty million. Um, he tore it up for for Watford in the oh, championship. Um, Brazilian fella, you know, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Like he's, he was a regen Richarlison when he joined yeah. uh, Watford. Um, but yeah, look, whenever you look at Brighton's transfer business in the past, you can't look at this. 30 million deal for Jay Pedro and think it's bad business because if anybody in the league knows what they're doing it's there that's Brighton no, yeah definitely. and um, they recruit so many good young players exactly and there's so much coming through like your boy Gilmore played brilliantly at the yeah. weekend and the boy Enciso two yeah. assists yeah and they have a lot coming through so and like even like Pep Guardiola was like they play like the best football yep. in Europe mm-hmm. they do they play such good football that's why I just think with the manager they need to hold on to him for another mm-hmm. year because he'll be there'll be teams looking at him like no, he's he crucial a top for them. manager yeah yeah they, lo- they love a young South American. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Buen- Buenanote, yeah. Uh, Ciso, yes, um, Caicedo as well. Yeah, like yeah. they just, uh, well, I know it's Solly Marchisio. Solly Marchisio, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Estupinian, he's, yeah. he's Colombian Ecuadorian, or Ecuadorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like they, they do love a South American. Yeah. Um, but I think on the flip side of the game, um, Wolves were d- drastically bad. Yes, um, yes has to be their worst performance under Lapetegui, which is strange. You know, you're talking about an established international manager mm-hmm. in Lapetegui versus the young up-and-comer in Deserbi, but if anything, it looked as though the roles were re- were reversed. Lapetegui was the one that looked out of his depth in this mm-hmm. game, not Deserbi, um, which is strange because, again, like when you look at Lapetegui's um, resume, he has managed some of the biggest teams in, in world football. When you manage Real Madrid, that stands to you. That's on your credentials for life. And I think... Even if it was only for like a month. A month, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spain as well. Yeah, Spain. True. But I think, look, it, it's a tough one for Wolves to take, to be honest. I do still think they're going to be safe. I, I don't worry about Wolves, oh, yeah. to be honest. The 37 points. Yeah. Basically safe. Mm. I know the result's not great, but I don't worry about them as such. I, th- I still think they're going to be all right. Um, but just... A shambles at the back the other day. Going going to Brighton away to Brighton is one of the toughest fixtures in the league this year, and like we've been speaking about it quite a lot before we came into the studio here about Brighton playing United now on Thursday. Like it's a tough tough game for United coming up. Um, and like we were all saying, if we get a draw, you know you're happy with that there yeah. because they do have the capabilities to flip you over six 0 or something oh, if yeah. they really have to Big if they time. really want to. Sorry. Big time, big time. Well, look, we'll move on to um, the other game that was on, on Saturday, Crystal Palace. Um, another win for them. Roy Hodgson is just <laughs> marching Crystal Palace on. Um, Eze, with the game winner, um, has been a player we've talked a little bit about this season, but um, maybe not to the same extent as, say, the likes of Elise or, or Zaha. And I, I feel like out of that, that three, that special three that... that uh, Crystal Palace have I think Eze is the one that gets the least amount of love so I think this week we're going to give Eze a bit of love because um, although his goal was a penalty um, he was involved in everything that Crystal Palace did well um, on Saturday um, was very progressive with the ball very comfortable in possession of the ball um, again looks like a midfielder that is more mature for his actual age um, and this was a guy that came from QPR for relatively low money and if he was to leave Crystal Palace, you know, they, they could turn a, a good profit on a player like Eze. Yeah, Eze is a fantastic player. Um, whenever they got him and Halisa, I think we talked about it last week as well, whenever they got both of them, I think people were thinking these two guys play a similar position, they play a similar role, how they're going to fit both of them into the team. But especially since Roy Hodgson's came back, they've complemented each other absolutely fantastically. Um, yeah, Eze involved with everything. Involved with everything, he's, he's a phenomenal player. I think he will get a move this summer, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, 
though I think Palace should really look about keeping him, especially when they're probably going to lose Wilfred Zaha. Um, but what a game, 4-3. Yeah, um, yeah. West Ham put it up to them. Like, um, Jordan Ayew with his uh, <laughs> standard two goals a year. <laughs> two goals in the game is worldly performance. His one worldly performance of the year is game against West Ham. Um, but just like we said about Brighton, Selhurst Park is a tough, tough stadium to go to as well. Um, yeah. But before the game, I didn't expect a 4-3. Didn't expect seven goals in that game. No, no. Um, but under Roy Hodgson, like, Slop's improved. As a Olise Zaha, are you starting to score now? It's crazy. Like Palace scoring four goals is madness. Like West Ham really didn't play that well. They just they scored three corners. You know, Palace yeah. were brutal from corners. They conceded three corners. Um, but for like Palace, that's MCF now. Uh, and they just you know, fair play. I did say like when Vieira got sacked, it was unlucky because he had played all the tough fixtures. Yeah. They, they have had an easier run of fixtures, but you still need to win the games, and they're scoring goals now, and they're safe. And you know, maybe next season, obviously they're probably going to go for a new manager. Yeah. So it's going to be it's up in the air. They're probably going to lose one of them players as well. Like, they'll, well, they're losing Zaha. Yeah. They'll probably lose one of Eze or Elise, which is going to be tough to replace. But uh, you just got to give them credit. They were the better team. They deserved to win. West Ham basically. West Ham didn't really play that well, as I said. They just scored corners. For West Ham, it's just it's the penalty. Did you think it was a penalty? Did you see it? Um, I thought push? it was soft. I thought it was soft. Yeah, it was one of the ones I just felt that if VAR, if the referee hadn't given it, yeah, VAR, VAR would never have given it. it but yes. it's kind of like he did give it, so yeah. it's kind of like you can't overturn it. But Moyes was saying like after the game, he's like that said they were stopping the soft penalties, and if there was a soft penalty, VAR would overturn it. That's what he was saying that he was told. Mm. So I thought it was very soft. We well, see. What I don't understand is if if David Moyes is coming out and saying that he's being told this, why are fans not being told what the managers are being yeah. told by VAR? So we could get a better understanding of it. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I know. It just it's a, just a big, obviously a big point for West Ham if they get it. But I, I just thought it was soft, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, so did I. So did I. But again, I, I think you're totally right, though, Connor. In your analysis, it is one of those ones where because the referee gave it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Is there enough in it for VAR to overturn? Like this is this is the question you constantly find uh, you're asking yourself. You're like, is there enough in it for it to be overturned? Because you know, all you hear every week is it has to be a clear and obvious error. Yeah. But what constitutes a clear and obvious error? Like yeah. because what what looks like something to one human being might look the same to another. Like fair enough, we're all sitting here now, and all three of us are saying yeah. we think it was soft. But in all seriousness, that referee could have been like, nope, that's nailed on, that's stonewall, yeah. that yeah. that's a panel. Like, and once he's given that, how does VAR establish that it's not, not a clear and obvious? E- exactly. Which, how do they say to the referee, no, your judgment was wrong? It right? is, and it, it it is tough in that sense. Um, like obviously we have talked about it before. Like we're rugby. The TMO is literally there to assist the referee. So, yeah. obviously, if the referee makes a call on the field, unless it's wickedly wrong, like TMO don't normally do that much yeah. about it. But if it is something, say, like an off-the-ball tackle or something, TMO is like straight on that. Mm. And, and it's sorted there and then. The referee is contacted right away and told what to issue and, and what happened. And it just seems as though in the Premier League, VAR is very much... It sort of digs referees out. Yeah, I the thing I was going to say was they spend so much time on like the offsides and all that, but they don't have thirty seconds to go to the referee, come over and look at this. Yeah. Do you definitely think this is a penalty? Give me your point of view, and they could talk it over. Yeah, why don't they do that? If it's a, and then you could look at it again and go like that's that's not a penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I don't know why, and then they'll spend like three minutes on an offside call that's so oh, tight, marginal. and they'll. You know, give it offside for a marginal call. Like mm-hmm. there was the Southampton game or something. There was an offside. It took like three minutes to decide whether it was offside or not, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So that I just don't know why. Like, like you were saying with the referee in rugby, like he'll watch the screen. The TMO will talk to him yeah. and tell him what's happening, what he's thinking, and the referee will say what he's thinking, which is a good combo. Which I don't think they do enough with the VAR. They don't come no, over. They don't. don't look at it enough. You know, thirty seconds is not going to kill the game mm-hmm. if they're going to spend like three minutes sitting on offside calls. Yeah, you know, so. And again, like even something as simple as like, do you know the way sometimes uh, the game is still being played on, but the commentator will tell you, yeah. oh, there's a VAR check being done. Yeah. Those VAR checks when the game is actually being played are 10 times quicker than the ones when the game is actually stopped. Yeah. 
So the way I say it, though, if, if the game's still being played, that's not going to be. Yeah, yeah they're not, not going to stop the game. I was going to yeah. say that. When's the last time you heard that? Yeah. And they actually done anything? Aye, something, yeah. It something never happens. happens. Never, ever. No. It doesn't. It actually doesn't. They're looking fair. at this, but it just yeah. never materializes. Yeah. Well, moving on anyway, um, we'll go to Brentford and Nottingham Forest. Um, a 2-1 victory for Brentford. Um, Connor, obviously, you are very adamant yeah. that the Forest are, are the side that are going down. And to be honest, at this stage of the season, I, I don't think I can disagree with you either, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, overall, it, it, was, a, it was a strange game because yeah. Forest did create chances. And that's the first time I've seen Brentford look a wee bit like vulnerable at the back mm-hmm. this season. Yep. Um, I actually thought Forrest could have come away with a point yeah. in this game, to be honest. I was going to say, like, obviously, I'd said they're definitely relegated. And of course, like the next day, they're going to be Brighton at home, which is a. Yeah. They were 1 0 down, they won 3 1. Mm-hmm. What a result. I actually would agree with you. I thought Forrest had the game that they're. They could even have won it. The goal, they conceded the free kick. <sighs> Navas has to save that. And I was kind of watching it a bit. And. At the time, Brentford were struggling. They yeah. couldn't create chances. If he saves that shot, I honestly think they get the three points. They can see that goal. Then the next goal, Navas again could have saved it. Yeah. They were down to 10 men because they'd used all their subs and Danilo, I think, got injured. I actually came away from it being like, they do actually have a chance of staying up because they show good fight and they kind of set up well and I looked at their fixtures and they played Chelsea and Southampton and they're two winnable games. Mm. To get to 36, they're going to stay up. I think, but it could be a big point if they would have got it. Yeah. You know, it they looked at it too, didn't they? The offside call, they did, yeah. it was tight as well. Navas st- still has to save that. Navas has been good this season, but he does have a few errors in him. Yeah. I think in this game, he made a great save. I think it was like a deflected shot. He made a save, but that free kick, he has to save it. I don't mm-hmm. know what he was doing there, mm-hmm. and a point would have been massive. Yeah, definitely. But I've, I've actually come away, like it's crazy, a week in football. Uh-huh. I've come away like saying, Almost oh, no chance. Ring. I think all of us were like, I, would, I still think they're going to get relegated, but I'd give them more of a chance now. I thought they had zero chance. Yeah, yeah. Now I give them like a, they have a bit of a chance now because they have two games there that Southampton at home and Chelsea are brutal. So they do have two winnable games. Yeah. Well, fucking everybody can be Chelsea at the minute, yeah, if we're being yeah. honest. Like, and us changing our minds is the story of this yeah, podcast. I know. <laughs> we all said Forrest were down last week. Yeah. I know, of course, I know. I think it was that night or the next night, the win yeah. against Brighton. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was that night you taxed yeah. me and you were like, yeah, of, of course, course they go yeah, and, of course go and one, beat yeah. Brighton. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Change Your Mind podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it, I think Nottingham Forest should be coming away without three points. Yeah, You can't concede two goals. We said the exact same about Southampton when they played Arsenal last week and we talked about it. You cannot concede two goals between the 84th minute and the end of the game. That's This is why Nottingham Forest are in the position that they're in. And a, An experienced team sees out that game yeah. or at least gets a point. You cannot be conceding two goals and losing the game from a winning position the entire game to that. Mm, And I know Navas had a lot to do with that as well. He probably should have done better with both the goals, to be be truthful. But there's 11 men in that pitch. Well, 10 men in the pitch for for Nottingham Forest. But uh, I think an experienced team comes away with three points. If I was the other way about... Brentford don't concede two goals no. between the no, 85th no, minute and the no. 90th minute. Like the manager did say they were tired, but I thought there was a good opportunity there because I thought Brentford were really poor. It yeah. did look like they were done for the season. Like, oh yeah, we don't care. Yeah, but this game, you know, it was a good chance. And as you said, like I think it'd be a missed opportunity. And if they yeah, go right down time. by a point or two, that's the fixtures. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the game. That, that's that cost the game. Us. Yeah. yeah. Like because I'd say they were looking at those two fixtures, Brighton and Brentford, and going, well, that's zero point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they could have managed to have got six points out of those two games, do you so, know what? Yeah. You probably would have been sitting here going, no, do you know what? They're, they're, they're going to stay, like, gonna stay Psychologically, up. like, and then if Southampton next, they yeah. would have been like, we won that game. 36 That's points, yeah. we're basically yeah. safe. We're yeah. Which is... They would have snapped the hand off for three points before both of them fixed yeah. it. Oh, yeah. 100% they would yeah. have snapped the hand off, but they should be coming away disappointed. And but, I think Steve Cooper will be instilling into them. You need to be coming away disappointed yeah. because yeah. that's the fixture you're going to look at at the end of the season. But I have to say, even, like, obviously, I, the one thing I like to do is I like I just like to go and look at other clubs, like social medias, and see what their fans are saying. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, us being from here in the north of Ireland, we're not match-going fans. We, we don't get to go week in, week out. So yeah. I just like to know what other football fans around um, England are are talking about or you know what they're saying and you know I have to say like 
the Nottingham Forest support is largely positive. I think a, a good section of them do believe that they're going to stay up and do believe that they have the quality to stay up. And, um, you know, w- when they beat Brighton, it's, it's a big yeah. st- it is a big statement, mm. especially to do it in the fashion that they did do it. I'd say they were maybe helped by the fact that I'd say Brighton had just come off the cup semi-final mm-hmm. defeat to United and they were yeah. probably a bit dejected, a, a bit low, but um, considering then that Brighton went out and put six past Wolves yeah. that, that, that weekend, you're kind of like, God, you know, maybe 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 there is a chance for Forrest. Well, I, I've changed my mind, to be honest. I changed my mind shortly after the mid-season, to be honest. Um, but especially, as, as Connor said, like there is hope in their performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel that it's not necessarily going to be forced to stay up, but I think there's going to be other teams that go down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Leeds are in a way worse position, oh, even though yeah. they're on the same amount of points as Forrest. I think they're in oh, a way worse but position than like Leeds, Leeds are a, a, a worse squad. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think there's more chance of Leeds going down. Yeah. And I think Forrest, 36 points, as Connor said, I think would almost, you're near enough guaranteed yeah, to stay yeah. up there yeah. with the other teams around you. But if they can get a win against Southampton, which... Look, it's going to be a six-pointer for both teams. I think Southampton's near enough down already, but I think if they get a win against Southampton, I would say they're safe. Mm. Just in terms of the other teams that are around them, I would say there's more chance of Forrest staying up with a win against Southampton. Yeah, look, there's there's definitely worse teams down there than than, than Forrest. We did say that. Although, in saying that... um, I I had been listening back to some of our like very first um episodes um just in a way you always like to sort of critique yourself and see what you could do better but you know I had said all the way back in maybe our second or third episode that I felt even at that stage of the season that Forest had already resigned themselves to going down and that I think the thing I said was uh, that the reason that signed like Cooper to a longer contract was they already had the guts of a good squad. There were there was a number of like sellable assets there that they were going to be able to recoup a lot of money from. So I didn't think them being relegated this season would hurt them too badly mm. because they would still have the crux of a really really good squad, probably the best squad the championship's seen, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of sellable assets that recoups that loss of money or loss of Premier League earnings at mm. least. Um, so I even way back in our third week, I did think that I did say I think Forest have resigned themselves to going down. Um, but now I do, I look at them and, and there is fight in them and yeah, there's definitely worse teams down there but than the, Forest. The, this is honest. why we love the Premier League. Like it's just... It's it's ever-changing. Uh, it's crazy. Mm. You like, don't know what's going to happen. Just don't know what's going to happen. Like yeah. Forest could go out and lose to Southampton and then yeah. win their last three. You mm-hmm. just don't know. Yeah. No, 100%. But like you're just going on a, on a week-to-week basis. Like Forest looked dejected. They looked finished and then they go out and beat Brighton and they should have probably got a win against Brentford. Like yep. it's just, this is what this league is. Sometimes it can be like when you play a team as well. Like as you said, they got lucky enough. They're at home to Brighton who had just come from an extra time penalty loss. They were dejected. They looked tired. That's why they made so many changes on yep. the Saturday. They got a bit of luck there. They got they were at home, the atmosphere. You know, there's a bit of luck in the relegation zone too. Like mm-hmm. who you play at the right time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know. Definitely. I think Forrest, if they do stay up, they need to change their transfer strategy. Oh, yeah. I oh, think we definitely. talked about it last week, especially when we were talking about Fulham. Like Marco Silva... The guts of Marco Silva's Fulham team came from the championship winning team. Yeah. And he built upon that, whereas Forrest went and changed it completely yeah. three times over. So I think they'd need to be looking at players that they signed even last summer or in January and looking to get rid of them. Oh, definitely. The truth. Oh, the, look, there's um, there's there's guys leaving this summer yeah, yeah. that have been there less than 12 months. Yeah, there'll be a big exodus in Nottingham like, Forest, especially if they stay up. But I just hope they don't... I hope they spend the cash 100% because mm-hmm. they'll need to if they want to stay up again next season but they'll need to recruit better than they did rather than looking for experienced players yeah. who are free transfers or whatever. Yeah, you, you got to give the manager credit because he's if he keeps them up that is some achievement. Yeah, Oh definitely. And he deserves another year and yeah. he deserves like he's had it really tough to have so many players and actually at the minute they have a lot of players injured mm-hmm. but I, I do think if they get relegated they will lose some of them like your boy Johnson and Gibbs White I think they'll be gone. Mm. Even oh, yeah, Milo. yeah, yeah, I think they'd all be gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Navas will leave, you know, and then you'd be sitting there like, you buy that uh, boy they got in from Atletico Madrid could leave. Hi Felipe. Hi Felipe. No, but you, oh, oh Renan Lodi. Yeah. Lodi, he could leave. Too. Lodi, so yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd be tough. It would, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Well, moving on to uh, Old Trafford, um, United managed to. Give it back to Unai Emery for what he did in his opening game against mm-hmm. us. Um, so. I don't know about you boys, but it was a real 
shock result. Um, didn't get to see the game live, only I had to watch it back when I got home because the mighty Armagh managed to beat down and we're into an Ulster final. So I was at with me and you when we were at that mm-hmm. game. So we didn't we didn't actually get to catch Arm or United we didn't get live. to catch United live, but did get to watch the full game yeah. then the day after. But I have to say I was very very impressed with United. Um, and I think there's three players. Four players, you know what? I'm going to highlight four players um, that I think all played to an equal standard. And the four players I'm going to name are Bruno Fernandes, Casemiro, Victor Lindelof, and Terrell Malassia. I thought the four of them were superb. Mm-hmm. Absolutely superb. Um, Malassia was flying in with tackles all over the show. Uh, Casemiro, I have to say that Casemiro had taken a big dip in form. Um, but I think, again, Villa, that was him back looking yeah. back to his best anyway um i think bruno's just been <clears throat> unreal this season to be honest and um i did like the celebration i thought it was yeah so especially after last season at old trafford when yeah, we played yeah. aston villa and he missed the penalty me, me and you were at that game as yeah, well yeah we were um, missed the penalty and um martinez gave it the big end to the united fans yeah. forgetting maybe that now bruno fernandez has scored five goals against him since he's been in an aston villain shirt but Whatever. Um, yeah, great performance. Uh, Casemiro backed his best. Typical saying, form, form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah. Um, he showed why he's the best in the world. Um, yeah, he, was, he just dictated the tempo completely. And I think a lot of that actually had to do with um, Eric Ten Hag's uh, starting lineup. He had four midfielders. Mm-hmm. He had Bruno, he had Sabitzer, he had Eriksen, and he had Casemiro. So I think the balance was really there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sancho again played all right. Um, Rashford... You know, he done what he needed to do. He was, he, he was the man who took the shot for for Fernandez's goal. But Victor Lindelof, he's he's been the man that we've highlighted recently. Yeah. Um, in the absence of um, Varane and in the absence of Martinez, uh, goal line clearance at the very end, um, saving United, making a, a crucial three points, especially after what happened to Tottenham. Yeah. Um. Definitely. And as you said, Terrell Malassia, some crucial tackles, especially in the in the box. I think it was Son. Was a Son going? Uh, he was in the box one on one, and Terrell Malassia. Uh, Slid in and uh, nicked the ball away from him. Mm-hmm. I think it was Son. It was either Son or Kulisevsky. Or what am I on about? That's Watkins. Watkins. Spurs. Watkins. No, no, no. Was no, it Villa? Watkins? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm fucking getting mixed up here. It was it was a Villa game. Who who was it that was run one on one? And he was it Jacob Ramsey. Might have been Jacob Ramsey. Whoever it was, it was but, uh, but yeah, he, he come fuck. He slid he about twenty five yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, came from nowhere because that was a guaranteed goal. Um, and the same with Victor Lindelof's uh, goal line clearance, Douglas Luiz. Took his first shot, it was blocked by, I think, Sabitzer. Yep. And then uh, the second shot, he rightfully was putting it into the far top corner. And I don't know what possessed Victor Lindelof because literally a second before that, he wasn't even on the goal line. No. He was like on the right-hand side of the post. Yeah. And I don't know what possessed him, but he made the move at the right time and it proved crucial to get us to three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a massive result for Man United because it kind of keeps them away from... Villa, Liverpool, teams like that. But as you said, like Lindelof played really well. Luke Shaw's been playing really well as well. Dallow in the left back position has been, or he was playing right back this game, but he, he has been playing well in left back. Um, obviously, Casemiro, I would agree with you about Casemiro. I think recently he hasn't been playing as well. No. He hasn't been the same player, but then that's because of his lofty standards. But mm. maybe that's because of match fitness because he's been suspended, suspended so much. much. Yeah. Um, I think he's afraid to put in a tackle, that. Yeah, you can see that he is afraid mm. to really go in for it. Um, but Fernandez, I thought, was a really led from example. Like Ten Hag was saying after the game, he's like, he is a leader for us. And, you know, his stats maybe not as good this season, you know, goals and stuff like that. But we've seen the games how important he is. Because oh. if he's not playing, United are not the same team. No. I don't think we've won without him, basically. Well, he's played nearly every game. And for Man United, big result. Obviously, Lindelof has been brilliant I think since like he's just shown he's so much better than Harry Maguire oh. just as a player he's just so much better even at the end clearing the header off the line he got the clearance at the end even like in the air he's he's pretty he's improved because that was always like his liability uh, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like it was. he's, he's not the greatest in the air but Villa I thought like the first half United were the far better team deserved the goal I thought Villa didn't play that well um, they were on 10 unbeaten I expected a bit more but for United it's a massive result especially after that the collapse on Tuesday or on Thursday, sorry, I, against I Spurs. Yep. Um, but for Villa, it's been a great season. You, ca- you can't really say much about them. Like, but for United, just a massive result and top fours 
definitely in their hands now. Yeah, definitely, definitely, it is. And I think if if the not not that I think that they will give it up, but if they did give it up at this stage, it would be. Oh, it'd be horrible. It would have to be a monumental collapse. Yeah, so definitely. I we, think. we were saying what like three more wins yeah. out of six would do it. Yeah, it guarantees it. Yeah, and looking at the fixtures, more than likely, you would fight. You would fancy it, and that's if all the other teams around us win all their games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which which isn't likely. That's probably not going to no, happen. Yeah, but it's it's a testament to Bruno Fernandez as you were saying, Dorman. Like even if you were to look at Emery's first game, as we just said, Bruno wasn't available for that game, mm-hmm. and we got pumped, especially in the midfield. Yeah, we, we got overrun in midfield the entire time. Was that Ronaldo's last game? Yeah. Was. yeah, even the Sevilla game, Europa League. Yeah, it's two 0 with Bruno. Yeah, without him, it was five 0 Yeah, you know we're not the, we're just not the same team without him. And no. luckily, he continues to play because it was like touch and go on Thursday if he's going to play. He played. Yeah. His availability is oh, it's crazy. He's only missed what? He's never missed a game through injury. injury. To sickness, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, sickness. Ah, sickness. Yeah, he is a leader. Like, and even they were saying there that. Uh, when Maguire came on, he, he kept the armband anyway. It's kind of like he is the captain now. Yeah. Like. He got his 100th career goal. Yep. There they are as well. He's insane. Ah, he's unreal. He is insane. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Well, moving on to Man City and Fulham. Um, City managing to remain victorious 2-1. Um, Erling Haaland, 50 goals. Crazy. <sighs> is there much more... <laughs> we can really say here. Serious footballer. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's just... His stats this season are just incredible. And the scene, like, if he keeps going to his goals per game ratio, he'll get 42 goals in the Premier League this season. That's mental. Like, he's... What has he tied the record? And it was the 40 yeah. game. I think they played, like, 40 games, 42 games then. Yeah. Like, what a player. And he hasn't even played... He's played 30 games He's in the Premier League. He has 34 goals. Like That's just consistent, and he scores in big scary. games too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like he scores against the easy teams. Yeah. You know, he is a an unbelievable striker, and he's just gonna keep gonna keep getting better and better. And City need him because I, I wasn't actually that impressed by City in this game, to be honest. But you know, the beats like uh, we didn't get to talk about the Arsenal game, but that was a massive result. Oh, that's it. And they were missing De Bruyne as well. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, they know that's it. We didn't even get to talk about the City yeah, Arsenal mm-hmm. game. So I, I. I are we all in agreement? Has our has all it's our minds over. changed? It's over. It's mine, mine never changed, boys. Well, yours yeah. never changed, yeah. But I, I did. The only thing I did say, I was Arsenal the whole time. But I did say the way they looked, how dejected they looked after that Southampton game when they're all lying on the ground. I was like, yeah. there's no way they're going to yeah, City I'd, and winning. Yeah. Because, and you could see straight away. They could see the goal. I thought the only chance Arsenal had keep it tight first 20, 25. It was conceded after five. The game was over. Should, like if Holland actually, Holland actually did actually play that well against them. He could have had four or five goals. Yeah. But like City, like De Bruyne just always destroys mm-hmm. Arsenal and Arsenal, they don't yeah. it again. And I think that's it. And then they're beating Fulham. They don't even play that well. They go away to Fulham and get the result. And yeah. it was actually kind of comfortable. I know Fulham did score. They could have maybe had a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. But that's just how good they are. They've won nine in a row now in the Premier League. Yeah, It's, it's over. Like. And I don't think they'll lose an hour. No. I think they'll win every game left. Yeah, I don't know. know. No, that, like the... It's... <sighs> Fair play to Arsenal for putting the fight up in the first place, to be honest, because nobody would have expected, not, not, none of us expected it this, this season, to be honest. But <clears throat> I think over the over recent weeks, Pep has just kind of, uh, Pep and City have just like shown, look, there are still levels, levels yes. in this league. And uh, realistically, over a 38 game season, you need to be at that level week in, week out. Like, like we're talking about a city that we're, a so-called transition team this season mm-hmm. and yet they're still the best team in the league so yeah there there, there are definitely they're, levels to this they've sorted out the defence as well you know the Diaz came back and yeah. been big you know Kanji Stones has probably Stones been their best defender this year Stones can play as midfielder too yeah. midfield he's been playing whole midfield yeah. yeah brilliant you know Ake left back City were there at the start of the year like where Arsenal did miss their opportunity was they should have had a bigger gap yeah. And they lost twice to City and they still could have been ahead. Yeah. You know, and they did get unlucky, maybe like the Brentford game where they got robbed. But like City are just too good. And it just seems to be once they get past January, they just hit every uh, year level. it's just a different level because they just go on these runs. And they've won nine in a row now. And they're the best team in Europe and they're the best striker in Europe. And it's just who's gonna stop them? The treble's on and they're just they're just animals really. I don't think they'll win the treble though. No, I don't. Really. 
I think United will beat them in the FA Cup final. I do. I don't know. I really do. And I know some people listening to this podcast will be like, well, obviously you're going to say that you're a Monday United fan, but I, I really do believe that. I do think United's going to beat them in the Cup final. I don't think they get past Real Madrid in the, in the Champions League either, personally. I think they're going to kill Real Madrid. I don't think so. Should have got them last year, and I think they'll... I think they have more chance of beating Madrid than they do beating United. Hmm. I'd actually, with City in the Champions League, I'd be more worried about them if I was a City fan in the final. Because I think in a one-off game, like even if you remember that Champions League final against Chelsea, yep. they were brutal. Mm. That's what would make me as a United supporter a bit like, yeah, we could beat them because in one-off games and finals, yep. they're not the greatest, even under Pep. Like, I know they won the League Cup a load of times, but on, in the FA Cup and in the Champions League, they've been, they haven't performed semi-final finals when they're at their least best, you know, best. maybe. Yeah, yeah, I know. That is probably the way you would word it. Well, anyway, we'll move on from that and we can cover that closer to the time anyway. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll go to Bournemouth and Leeds. Uh, Bournemouth winning this game four one. So again, aside that you know maybe three or four weeks ago, I, oh, I'd say all of us had all wrote off and we're saying, ah, oh, they're definitely down. They've sort of turned their fortunes around over recent weeks and um, a really impressive performance. Yeah, I, I have to say. And yes, I know it's against Leeds, who are poor opposition, but you still have to, you can only beat what's put in front of you at the end of the day, and that's exactly what Bournemouth did. Yeah, four one. It was it was a great result. Like, um, Solanke playing a big part again with the goal. Um, yeah, do you know what we said three weeks ago or four weeks ago? All of us sat here doing our end of season expectations, and every single one of us were asked to pick one team that was definitely going down. And every single one of us said Bournemouth. And Bournemouth, I, I'm pretty sure they're near enough safe now. Um, oh yeah, in terms of like guaranteed safety, thirty-nine points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe. I would say they are safe, like, but in terms of like guaranteed safety, I think they may, might need what one or two points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, brilliant result for them. Four-one. Look, especially against a team like Leeds, who are fighting relegation with them. That was a six-pointer game. Leeds had a one out there. They're in a different position. People are talking about it. Like Leeds have just sacked their manager this morning, and they've brought in Sam Allardyce until the end of the season um, to somehow rescue them. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know what the fuck the they thing play, he's going to do. They play Mon City. Play Mon City next, next. away from home. So, Good luck. We'll, be, we'll be saying next week, Sam Allardyce <laughs> sacked as Leeds manager. 10-0. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Manager bounce, but yeah. he's going to win Arsenal the league. He, he had it. The manager had to go, though. Like, he conceded, what was it, like, I think it's like they've lost five games in April and they conceded, like, was it, like, 20, 23 goals. But they started so well. 23 under goals him. under that one manager? In April. And then five games, they conceded 23 goals. Oh, my they are shambolic at the back. But do you think that's the manager's fault? Though? No, the, t- the team's brutal. Yeah, the team's awful. I think this sacking of uh, Marsh or whatever that time. Yeah, it was harsh as well. was harsh. Really? I thought it was a bit silly. How harsh? I don't know, um, man. I thought it was... <laughs> <laughs> I say freaking tell the right <laughs> I know, that leads are just brutal. Like like that by McKinney, like he's just brutal. Uh, he's crap. I know you, you did say he's brutal. <laughs> you wouldn't look at the fan either. Like <laughs> He's crap. Did you see the video of him just like ignoring the fans? Yeah, in the, in the hotel. Her. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, just... You'd expect that, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, oh. I swear, Leeds and Chelsea. I could do a full episode in Leeds and Chelsea. I really yeah. could. And I'm all here for it. I love it. I it's love just it. the goalkeeper as well. It's just... Like, I love how, like, Payella can't save you, but Pay and a Pint's going to fucking save you. <laughs> <laughs> Some chance. The goal- Some chance of that happening. But the goalkeeper for Leeds is just... His head's gone too. He needs to yeah. be dropped because... I seen Ben Foster was saying that he was just like at the stage you're just begging to yeah. be benched because it's yeah. just like just get me out of here because yeah. two of the goals you basically give them. So. Yeah. For it Bournemouth, doesn't make sense like, throwing him in when he's so low in confidence. I know. Because he is a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, he's all right. He is good. L- lad, he's, he's what, 21, 22. Like, he's a good goalkeeper. He's up and coming. And, like, in, I think past two years with Leeds, he's had the most saves in the Premier League or something. Mm-hmm. I know he faces loads of shots, like, but, like... I always thought he was very overrated, to tell you the truth, lad. I understand that, but, lad, he's 22, like. I know, but, like, there's people were saying, like, I remember at the time when he first broke out, people were like, oh, he, he could start ahead of a race for France. And you're kind of like, what? <laughs> well, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> that's, that's unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's 22 now. He's like the rest of us. He's he's still young. He's still new to the trade, realistically. Like, mm. he's he's going to face pressure. And now that he's probably in the worst spell of form in his career, he needs to be 
giving a break rather than having that yeah. pressure just put on him and put on him and put on him because he has that potential to go somewhere else make a name for himself and then genuinely be in contention for the France squad in years to come mm. but when he's being hung out to dry by Leeds who already have a shock in defence but it's always Leeds and the goalkeeper and we know that being United fans if he's to go out again next week or whatever and ship five goals that fella has no hope of leaving Leeds he has no hope yeah. That's not fair on him. He's 22. He needs that chance to go away and, and get his head right before even coming back into the team, let alone going away. I wonder would he stay with them now? I would the championship. I would who, would, who would take a risk on him at the minute? Like, is he, He's not going to go into a Premier League team and Look, start, I don't think. In all, seriousness, think in all seriousness, Arsenal took a chance on Aaron Ramsdale and that by had just been through two relegations in a row. So I suppose there probably will be some sort of suitor yeah, for him. 100% there will. Um, but... Like yeah, a Palace uh, or someone, because you can't rely on Sam Johnson at the minute. Ah, uh, Palace, yeah, the goalkeepers, yeah. the other one's older, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, could be a chance. Maybe one of those newly promoted Leicester. sides. Yeah. If Leicester stay up, tell you need what, a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper last night for Leicester was very, very good. Uh, he's been alright. He's yeah. he's young as well. I think he's decent. Yeah, I suppose that's a perfect segue then, and into that game, Leicester and Everton. Um, Real rally, uh, and again, another one of these relegation six pointers that I feel like we just keep talking about every week. But, um, I think Everton have done well to come out of there with a point. Um, that's a couple of points now. Everton have picked up. Um, Calvert Lewin was amongst the goals, which is yeah. definitely a positive for, for Everton. Um, you know, if he could get firing in these last few games of the season, it would be a big bonus for them and, and a big help to their, their bid for survival. Um, but it's too... Ultimately, what you would say is it's, they are too per side. Yeah. But it's... Big weaknesses. It's, like. it's who's, who's worse. Mm-hmm. I think there's four or five sides down there that are just... Like Everton, Forest, you know, there's a lot of sides. They're all like Kenneth. The, they're the same team. Yeah. They're all per sides. Yeah. Two of them are going down. But like it, it, was a, it was an exciting game, especially the first half, end to end. No, you were texting me about it yeah, last night. Calvert Lewin like scored the goal. Obviously, won the penalty. The white person in the back, but his miss a two-one, two yards out, and he kicks straight at the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper was like standing on the left-hand side. Yeah. So basically, all he had to do was kick it in the I middle. I just kick it. Um, and then Vardy went down the other end and hit the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Like it was that kind of game, end to end. Yeah. Uh, and Everton kind of probably be happy because two-one can see the penalty. And Madison misses, which was a big moment because I think if it was three-one, they won that game. And I yeah. think if Leicester win that game they're basically nearly safe Mm. because they'll only need another one or two. Um, For Everton, it's going to be tough though because I think they still have like very difficult, I think they play Brighton and City and they lost Seamus Coleman last night who got a really bad knee injury. Yeah. So he'll be out for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, Cavalier and back's a big one. But it was a really exciting game but in that game, you could see the weaknesses of both sides. Like defensively, they're not... Ah, they're shocking. They're shocking. Like they're all over the place. They concede so many chances. Yeah. Like... You know, Tarkovsky cleared one off the line. Like Vardy actually looked pretty good in that game. He uh, scored and he looked back to his sharp. best, which I don't know if it was him being back to his best or kind of the way Everton play. Because Everton were kind of, they got caught in the counter. I've seen they conceded the most goals in the counter attack this year. Mm. Like they were caught the goal, the second goal. Like he was just straight through the middle on Michael Keane one-on-one. Because... Well, sure, Michael Keane's afraid of his own shadow yeah, for goals. So like, sake. imagine being left one-on-one, like no other team in the Premier League would leave that. Mm-hmm. Vardy, who still has that pace, yeah. mm-hmm. t- takes around the keeper 2-1. Um, they lost the ball in midfield. All their midfield was caught up the pitch. One ball through Madison, goal, killed. Yep. You know, which yeah. is killer. And under Dice, I didn't expect to see that. But maybe, maybe Dice is just thinking now we've got to go for it. Like, yeah, both teams uh, have to throw yeah. the kitchen sink. We might as well just go now. for this. Yeah. You know, so right, I think Dice has only like one win in ten. And I was against yeah. Arsenal. That's yeah. It's really. Like, it's really falling apart for Everton. Like for a while, when when Dice first come in, you sort you were sort of thinking to yourself, ah, no, like they're all right, like the ship will be steady, but mm-hmm. it's not really been to be honest. Everton is correct me if I'm wrong. Is Everton the only team that's never been relegated from the top division? Yeah, yeah, they're the only team that have never been relegated. But I think it's them and Arsenal have spent the most time in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, like it's a historic, historic moment if Everton go down. Like, and. It is looking more and more likely. Like we were talking to Mincy there on the way up to Clonus. Oh, mate, he, he gives them no chance. Like. He's fully, he's fully, he's fully, he's, down, he's like. getting well, his championship season ticket next yeah. year, lad. Like he's, like he, he's, he's booked his plane all for the final day of the season. He's going over to watch Everton's relegation. Relegation. 
speaking for him. Who did they play last game? Bournemouth. See, that's winnable at home. Mm-hmm. That's winnable. Bournemouth will probably they'll be on the beach. Like. I'm telling you, it'll go down <laughs> to the last game of the season. It will go down to the last game of the season and there'll be, I'd say, five, six clubs that all have a genuine chance of going down. Yeah, and hopefully it's Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. fuck Leeds. <laughs> 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 um, but, Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Just swiftly move that. on for that one. Uh, Newcastle, Southampton. Um, well, obviously, Newcastle making it look comfortable again. Um, beating Southampton three goals to one. Um, I did throw out a wee stat um, before we come into the studio to the boys, so I'll give this uh, little stat to use, folks. Um, so, obviously, Newcastle's biggest cult hero strike partnership was Papi Cissé and Dembaba, and in their best goal-scoring season, the 2011-2012 season, they managed to get uh, 29 goals and 6 assists. Callum Wilson and Alexander Isaac this season have combined for 25 goals and 5 assists, so... They still have a chance to beat the Cult Hero Strike Partnership. Yeah. Um, they probably are good enough to beat that Cult Hero Strike Partnership, but I'll just ask you the, the general question, lads. Who would you prefer? 11-12, Cissé and Ba, or 22-23, Isaac and Wilson? Isaac and Wilson. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Isaac and Wilson. Oh, 100%. 100%. They are two ballers. Like, yeah. Ballers. And like Streets we won't saying, forget players. Oh, definitely like. not. And like we were even saying, they're 11 years today. Was then two goals against Chelsea for Poppy Cissé, yeah. probably the best brace in Premier League history. But yeah, no, Alexander Isaac. You see, last week when Isaac got that assist was oh, against Everton. Against Everton. Oh, oh my god! Crazy. I was like, do you know what? That's a baller there. Yeah. And I was like, I would want him in my side yeah. like, ten times out of ten. Um, and Callum Wilson's fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. tell you the truth, he, he is. He came off the bench too, and he just changed the whole game. Oh. Yeah. They took Gordon on or off, and they brought him on, and it just. Who Isaac? No, no, uh, Wilson. Wilson. Oh, he got two goals. Yeah, yeah he came off yeah. the bench. He almost got a hat trick too. He hit the crossbar in the last minute. And he had a goal disallowed. Yep. So he changed the game, and Isaac is unbelievable too. Like yeah. he's just got everything really, doesn't he? Like PS, he's he can PS. hold up the ball. He can take men on. Yeah. He can score goals. We said it last week. <laughs> so in good. terms of like striking options, Newcastle are probably have the best striking options in the league. Yeah. As yeah, strikers, strikers, like yeah. yeah. Them and City maybe. Strikers, yeah. City maybe. And City, yeah. I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Alvarez. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, fair enough. No, you would give it to City. Yeah, give it to City. <laughs> but Newcastle, close second. Yeah. Definitely close second. Because. But we said that as well. When they played together, they looked really good together for Newcastle. Mm. So Compliment each other. It's kind of surprising he dropped Wilson. But I think he said after the game it was more. It's security. Injuries. And, but, like, that is the problem. Like, when you do play Isaac and Wilson, you have to play a 4 4 2. And, like nobody plays four four two anymore, yeah. and and it is a position that's very easy played against. Yeah. You know, I think any play, I think any team now that plays two in midfield, it's difficult. It's difficult because everybody's running three in midfield, and like you know what's going to happen if you set up with a four four two, you're always going to be playing on the counter. Like you can't be the dominant team in the game, and ach, it is a shame. I wish everybody would just go back and play four four two. To be honest, like they were the good old days. The thing about it as well, like it's um. Where would Newcastle be in the table? I know they're still third if they had both them fit. All season? All season. All season. Yeah. Like, <sighs> they've only had nine. They're flying. They haven't lost many games. I think they've lost less than City. But think think of that period when they went through, like, what was it, like six or seven draws in yeah. a row? Like, and Isaac wasn't fit at all and then. Wilson was injured and Wilson too. was injured yeah. for a few of those games too. Like, if, like. They, we kept saying if they had a striker, they would have won fine. that game. Yeah. So. Could they have been. Could they have been pushing? City and Arsenal yeah 100% I think they could have and that makes you just think like next year but I think Eddie Howe is being smart because they played midweek Wilson played the 90 yep. he's resting him because he's like I can't risk him getting injured again because mm-hmm. he's always injured yep. but then when he came on he just changed the game Gordon apparently didn't play that badly but he got took, he missed a good chance he hit the post but um, Wilson's just obviously a way better player yeah. than Gordon and it's worth you're playing Southampton, who are the worst team in the league. It's worth putting two up top. Like you might have oh, yeah, at home, yeah. and for Southampton, that's them gone now. And Southampton oh, are a weird team because the the drew with Arsenal, the get put it up to Newcastle away from home. I think at Bournemouth in midweek they were unlucky. Like they tried, but they're just it's too oh, little, just, too late. Yeah, they're just not good enough. They're just not good enough, and just, they're going down to the championship. Yeah, they are. I know we keep saying there's five or six teams down there that are sort of similar to one another, but I think yeah. Southampton are. Visibly, the worst team in the Premier League. Like yeah. they're 
they're they're brutal they're just to be honest. Yeah. Well, we'll move it on then to the last game of this game. Well, there is a game tonight, Arsenal Chelsea. That's part of this game week, but that's being played tonight, so we're not going to cover it, folks. Apologies to the Arsenal Chelsea fans. Although... Basically, tell you the result. Arsenal's going to smack Chelsea. Because <laughs> Chelsea are shit. <laughs> Well, I was actually going to say... Spoiler alert, man. Spoiler alert, lads. I would say... Uh, I look like such an idiot. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'd say Arsenal and Chelsea fans are probably happy to not hear us talk yeah. about them this week because <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been too nice, to no. be honest. Um, but, look, we'll go to Liverpool and Spurs, um, 4-3. Um, the biggest talking point in this game, lads, is that the guy that scored the winning goal probably shouldn't have been on the pitch. Yeah. Definite right. Ridiculous. Crazy. Ridiculous decision. And again, folks sitting at home, not just saying this because it's a Liverpool player, but it was a stonewall red card. Like, yeah. he kicked him in the head. Yeah, he, he literally left a gash and all he skipped. Like, it was disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Even, like, um, like I know you're saying, oh, we're not saying this because it's Liverpool. Like, Jimmy Carragher, or Jimmy Redknapp and Sunes both said, yeah, no, it was a straight yeah. red card. Yeah. Like, he endangered the opponent. He fully had all six studs in his face. Head height. It wasn't like Ollie Skip's head was down like at his knee or whatever. No. Like it was it was a high fought, it was a high fought anyway. Like it was a disgraceful, disgraceful decision. And again both VAR and the referee. This is another one where you look back at some other decisions this season and you're thinking to yourself, Well, how come that's a red, but that's not a red? You know, there is just again Casemiro gets a red card for that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. He gets two red cards for that, fuck it. Casemiro gets a red card for that. And probably a massive ban. Mitrovic would get a red card for that. Yeah. Oh, he's like Shaka, who plays for Arsenal. Shaka would yeah, 100%, 100% get a red, red card for that. Yeah. Um, guys like uh, Mings would get a red card for that. Definitely. Like, it's, a, it's like, out of control. It's high. Mm-hmm. How's it not a red? Yeah. Is it not in the rules? Like, even your boy Dermot Gallagher there was saying it was a red. Yeah. And he always backs the red. Yeah. <laughs> All so the time he does. If he's saying it's a red, that's it's what you know definitely it's a definitely red. red. <laughs> yeah. He said something like, it's a red in Europe or something. And it's a red here, basically. Like, it's a red anywhere. Like, it's a red. Like, in it's a red everywhere. Like, I hate that there when they're like, oh, in Europe they would have give that. In Europe they, uh, you know, like in the Champions League, it's a red card. It's just a red card in general. Like, but apparently Brexit now impacts <laughs> referees. <laughs> so it does. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, um, Liverpool did manage to find something and come up with, with the, the late winner. Um, only, I say it was like a 90-something seconds between... Yeah. It was a good assist the two by goals. Uh, Lucas Moura. Good assist. Oh, we'll oh, hear this here, lad. I'll, oh, give you, I'll give you a good laugh. So, me and him were watching I had TV last night and I was flicking through my phone and um, for some reason Richarlison <laughs> come up on my TikTok. Mate, imagine getting beat 4-3 we'll but this, still lad. uploading your goal to TikTok oh, God. and your celebration, celebration where you rip your shirt off. off. Yeah. He put that all in his. I'm gonna say it now, but Richarlison is the biggest knob in the Premier League. Like. I was watching. I was watching. <laughs> and he is video. so shit. That's his first He's goal, good, lad. That's his first goal. That's Tottenham's yeah. record signing first goal. For lad, the see him. And it's it was April 30th or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Him going fucking. Goal. Him going buck madly. Yeah. But imagine putting it up on fucking like TikTok like after getting beat. After like, getting beat. I think he was just happy he scored. And it was a it's shit buzzing, goal. Like he even was buzzing pigeon dancing at the end, he didn't even seem that disappointed. He's no. like, oh, do you know what? I, I fucking take, don't I my part. My <laughs> do you know what? I, and his goal was terrible. Like I, it was such a fluke. He didn't even hit. I don't think. I, I actually. Well, I, I don't think he'll be at Spurs next year. It's a big call. I know, Depends on the manager. I'm not though. joking. I'm Depends not joking. On the and I know, I know Spurs fans that would agree with me and mm. that do not want him there. He's he's crap. Like I under I understand fans not wanting him there, but that's a big call to say he won't be there. No, I, I think it's just the money. That they've spent on him. Don't get me wrong. When I say I don't think he'll be there, I don't, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean. I don't mean. Oh, a, a sale. I could see it being alone. Well, like not, a fee not or something. Goes, not a chance. Not a chance. Not if Kane goes. Oh, like a, no, it could be like a loan deal with a fee kind of thing, like the Lukaku one. They mm. haven't the options though, and and they're yeah. not going to spend the money. Well, do they might I mean? do. I know, but we've been saying they might do for years and years, and they just don't. They've needed a centre back for I don't know many years, and they don't do it. Mm. Skriniar's been going to Spurs for the last fucking five years and now he's going on free to PSG. Hasn't fucking played for Spurs yet. <laughs> it, it was a crazy game though. Like It was 3-0 down. They brought it back. They deserved to bring it back. They should have actually scored more goals. Yeah, well they should have won the game. Like, let's be honest here with Arnold, right? He sets up a goal. What a pass. Played really well. Defensively, he's just so bad. His yeah. son was just taking advantage of him every time. Van Dijk got absolutely destroyed by Persich for mm. the first goal, which was... 
Hilarious. Oh, that was unreal. Hey, yeah. he never got dribble pass for like eighteen months, and now he's just getting dribble pass all the time. Lad. Lad. Oh, it's unreal. Um, yeah. Class. But like, if there ever was a team that it was going to happen to that scored in the 80th minute to make a three-three and then lose after Richardson does a stupid yeah. pigeon dance, takes his hat off, <laughs> like it was going to be Tottenham. Like Lucas Moura, what is he doing? Why was he in the left back position as well? I, I don't know. And I don't know I what he's doing. Just booted football. Bit. To be fair, yeah. What's he doing in the left back I position? Know. He was probably told to stand in the left back yeah. position. Like, yeah. Because I don't. I'd say Ryan Mason hasn't a fucking notion yeah. what's going on. Like, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I know <laughs> he was raging off the game because he was like we were the far better team as well and, uh, I swear see this weekend this weekend really pissed me off so I'd like see some of the results in some of the games oh my god I feel like see in the Premier League sometimes we just get the most comical things yeah. that actually make you sit there and go like <laughs> this is meant to be like the top level of football but yet we see some serious dicks in the Premier League like. <laughs> that's the thing like it's yeah the Premier League like, there's so many mistakes <laughs> like there's so much there is a lot of like like the Dyer starting centre back for Tottenham he is brutal <laughs> and Romero or whatever his name is is fucking his penalty his penalty he gave away was so stupid. Oh. He was just angry. We're 2 0 down and just going to stick the boot yeah. in this He just mows him. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did say that in the car. So stupid, like. I said that in the car the other day. Yeah. I actually used to think Romero was decent. I know. Oh, but I've, the last maybe five or six times I've watched Spurs um, on TV, he. Such a level, He's not good. Like. He plays too much in his head because I think, the re- like, in terms of football and ability, I think there's a really good centre back there. But. Yeah. He's him and Richardson are actually quite similar in my opinion, and like Xhaka and stuff. Remember the other day uh, whenever Xhaka um, knocked into Trent Alexander Arnold mm-hmm. in the in the game and that hyped up all yeah. the crowd and yeah. hyped up um, Trent. Xhaka definitely thought about that the rest of the game and that put his game off. Yeah, yeah. If an incident or something happens with Romero and the decision doesn't go his way or if he gets knocked into and he doesn't like it, he think about that the rest of the game and when's the next chance I can hit him? Yeah. That's what he thinks about rather yeah. than oh I'll take the ball here. And that'll, that'll show him. Do you know what I mean? He's like, nah, I'll fucking two foot him or something. Yeah. Get a, yeah. Give away a penalty. That's it, like, I'm two, we're 2 0 down here. I'm just going to go. Yeah, fuck it. It's like that Roy Keane thing. And I'm just going to go kick somebody. Yeah. Make myself feel better. <laughs> that's basically what he does. Yeah. And like, the loss in the Champions League, he got sent off. He was brutal. Because oh. he just. He's he too gets, emotional. He gets booked so early because he just comes out with these crazy tackles. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll actually get one. they get the ball and you'll be like, he's decent. Uh, he's fucking good. He started for Argentina. Oh, he's decent. And then you're like, <laughs> then the same game, you'll be like, what does he do? Uh, like, yeah. He's just an Far idiot. Too emotional. You know, he's just too emotional. But yeah. Diaz is back for Liverpool. He scored a good goal. Like he's he a big makes player a big for difference. Them. He is a big player for them. I just think Liverpool, as we keep saying every week, their midfield is brutal. They need to make signings. They might get Europa League if yeah. they're lucky. I wouldn't even mind them getting Europa League or Conference League, to be honest. Yeah. Slow them down. Stretch out their next squad a wee bit, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But for Tottenham, like their season's over. I've seen like their last six away games or something, like two points. Like it's just over. They've uh, crumbled and They've showed the fought back against United and the fought back against Liverpool, but yeah. this typical Spurs. I don't know where they're going to. They'll probably come like seventh or eighth. Like I'd say, Harry Kane's coming off that pitch at the weekend. And he's going, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. what, am, what am I still doing here? Like, mm-hmm. and they totally outplayed Liverpool from the twentieth minute till the ninetieth. Really, yeah. like he must be just thinking, and he played well, so he's just thinking, what have I got myself in here yeah. for? Like, like what? What more do I actually? But have he needs to, to get another. He needs to push oh, it. He needs to just hundred percent. Well, look. He knows where he's going next year anyway, so he does. <laughs> um, right, moving it on then to the picks of the week. So, Connor, coming to you, who is the Premier League Player of the Week? This week was actually tough because Lerma scored or yeah, two goals. Wilson scored two goals. I'm going to give it to a Brighton player because they were so good. I'm going to give it to Danny Welbeck. Two goals and assist all around. Brilliant performance. He's been, Obviously, because Ferguson's in there, maybe not getting as much game time, but he is a, he is a good player. Um, and he played really well at the weekend. I had to go to Brighton player because they were the best team. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it to Danny Welbeck. Big team on Welbs, but but he didn't expect the start of this season to be one of your picks of the week. No, I know. There's been some strange names. <laughs> there has, yeah. Like it's, I like the variety though. Like you don't want to go like you could go Wilson, but I well, think d- to be fair though, I actually did think even again United in the cup final. I thought Welbeck actually did play yeah. quite well. Mm, he scored. Good, yeah. He scored against Chelsea as well after mm-hmm. he came on. Like he is Scoring a decent goals, player. But- I'd be worried about him. He played well earlier in the year against United as well, so yeah, I'd be worried did. on Thursday. Like. Mm-hmm. Good player. Um, my fantasy pick of the week this week is uh, going for a Man City player, um, just because they're playing that well at the minute. You need to bounce back after I do. last week. Um, and I just think for the form that he's been in, um, well, do you know what? I say I needed to bounce back. 
think oh, I get an assist. I'm, I mean, no, he didn't even, lad. Did he not? No, no lad. It's down on, like, the Sky Sports thing as an assist. No, didn't, didn't get, get on fantasy, anyway. Didn't get on oh, fantasy. Hello. So he didn't get a goal or didn't get an assist, but they did win the game 4-1. Yeah, and you went rogue, to be fair. I did, and yeah. I said I was going rogue. Yeah. And I honestly thought, I mean, they won the game 4-1. Yeah. You'd think when they I win know. the game 4-1, he'd They'd be part something. of something. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously just not to be, so fuck you, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> you prick. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I'm going to go a wee bit rogue again this week. I'm going to go for a defender. Um, I haven't really gone for any defenders this year, to be honest. Um, I think I picked Trippier one week and Trent another yeah. week. So I'm going to go another defender. I'm going John, uh, John Stones. Yeah. Um, he has picked... I've only had Stones in my team maybe about four or five weeks now, but he has actually picked me up a lot of points yes, in recent yeah. weeks. I think for just like clean sheets and... Even the, the old chance to get involved amongst the goals he, with the way City play and yeah, the way he plays especially. Mm, he scored against Leicester and yep. he scored against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Like he is getting goals now. He is. And he's playing uh, midfield as well, so he is more likely maybe to get an assist. To or get something, something yeah. yeah. Um and even just the way that City play, their fullbacks do tend to <laughs> sort of forward. play as like auxiliary midfielders. Yeah. So yeah, my my fantasy pick of the weekend going John John Stones. Yeah. Goodness. He's been brilliant to be fair. Yeah. Um, okay, OD's opinion this week. Um, a bit of a different opinion. So I'm talking about a fixture. So on the 20th of May, so the second last game, um, Liverpool play Aston Villa, in my opinion, is that that game decides which of the two teams gets Europa League. Ooh. Not a bad call. Yeah, I can't see okay. Liverpool getting top four. I was going to say get European football, but... I think I'm writing off Spurs too much. I know it's easy to write off Spurs looking at the last few weeks, but I think that would be writing them off a bit too much. If if Spurs do have a capitulation in the next two weeks as well, I would say get your... Yeah. Well, see, I actually think Villa... No, sorry, the other way about. I, I think Villa will get Europa League... No, hang on. What, what is it? Is it here? fifth and sixth for Europa League? Fifth and sixth, yeah. See, I actually think Villa and Liverpool are both going to get Europa League. I think Spurs, at least the Spurs, or Brighton. Brighton have like three games, lad, on everybody. Yeah, I think, they, yeah. Brighton, Brighton I think Brighton are Brighton. 100% getting Europa League, in my opinion. I think Liverpool and Brighton are going to get Europa yeah. League. Yeah, it's between Liverpool and Villa to get Europa League. It's, in it's at Anfield, and uh, have a game in hand, and they're ahead of them. Yeah. So I think Liverpool and Brighton hmm. for Europa League. Yeah, Brighton have like three games, and everybody. It's just where Spurs end up. In the next couple of weeks. Oh, that was Spurs. Do Spurs will be completely out of Europe? Would that not be a good thing, though? Would you really want Conference League? I think Spurs, Spurs will do mm. well to finish eighth. Genuinely. Genuinely. I don't think Mason wins any games with them. Really? No. Wow. No? Not a chance. Not a chance. I'll start. probably fucking come back next week and they'll have won a game. Like, but <laughs> it's the way they start those. Like, they give teams just big leads. Like, we said that at the start of the year. We were like, they just give teams leads yeah. and... They'll do it again. Like, it's so hard to win games. They're, 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 like, Mason isn't... Uh, he's not a manager. Mm. And their team's crap. Yeah. Well, looking at the table, from ninth, you've got Brentford on 50 points, but 34 games played. You've Brighton on 52 with 31 games played. Okay. Then you've Villa, 34 games played with 54 points. Mm-hmm. Spurs, 54 points, 34 games played. Liverpool, 56 points, 33 games played. I'm going to say the top four set in stone being Newcastle and United, whether, whichever finishes third, whichever finishes yeah. fourth. Um, but I would say Brighton's going to finish fifth because only 31 games played. There's two games on Liverpool and only four points behind them. It's that Aston Villa and Liverpool game to me is a six-pointer and it'll decide who gets Conference League and who gets uh, Europa League. Europa League. Mm. It looks like yeah, it's, it's between... Tottenham and Villa, really? Yeah. And they're in the same points. They're in the exact same. Like, Tottenham are going to come top eight. Yeah. Because Brentford, there's a bit of a gap there, but it's yeah. just, will they come? Would you want to come seventh? Who wants Conference League? I know, I think... But the likes of, like, Brentford would take it, no ball. Brighton would take it, and I think yeah. Villa would take it. Yeah. But I just don't know why Tottenham wouldn't want that. Do you know what, though? Think. We said this last year, we were talking about this last year, when Eric Ten Hag was coming in, and it was up in limbo whether we were going to get Europa League or Conference League mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded Conference League this year necessarily in Eric Ten Hag's first year as a stepping stone competition for him to get a bit of success 
but obviously we won the Carabao Cup and that's going really well under him so far. Yeah. Um, but I mind, I mind actually having that conversation with, I think it was you, Richie, and I, and I was just saying, like, Europa League wouldn't be the worst thing for a new manager coming in, considering how dysfunctional we were last year. Hmm. So I think maybe for Spurs, who are very dysfunctional and probably in a similar, if not worse, situation than we were in last year, Conference League wouldn't be the worst thing ever. It'll give them a, a realistic chance of winning something. Sure, even look yeah. at West Ham this year. It does, it's doing so, shit in the league and it looks like they're going to win the Conference League. I don't know what I mean. The only thing is the reward for it is Europa League. Yeah. But that's why Europa League is way more important because if you win it, you, you get the Champions League. League. And I think next year a lot of teams are going to improve and I think Tottenham are really going to struggle to get that for next year. Yeah. Unless they get a really good manager in and they spend money, mm-hmm. which I don't think is. They might get a good manager in, but will they spend the money is the question. Yeah. So for them, I think they need... They, need Europa League yeah. but they're not going to get it no I agree yeah. no no they'll t- Spurs will finish 8th this year yeah yeah they'll finish 8th yes yeah, so, 7th or 8th I think I would agree yes, in so. fact I think even Brentford might finish higher than them as well really it could be ninth, maybe mm, they're, they're that bad honestly see with like, see, take Keane out of that team they are horrible like Kane has 24 Horrible. goals this year, like 24. Yeah, he's been if, you, if I told you at the start of the year, Kane had 24 goals, you'd be like, Spurs probably get top four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere near it. I know. It just shows how bad. I know Son's improving a bit, but why is it Kuliseski? He's been power. Richardson's been disaster. Disaster. And there's been, like, their back line is. Their midfield without Benton Kerr is terrible. Mm. Yeah. Eric Dyer at the back is just. Oh, you're by Poro, can't awful. defend. You know, Romero's been terrible. You know. Dyer is terrible. Longley is terrible. Okay, you, you could go through every Spurs yeah. player. <laughs> Just go through the team. <laughs> and, and you can make a good case for them being terrible. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I do. I think 8th or ninth for Spurs is where they're going to finish this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about Liverpool and Villa, just to finish off? I fancy Villa. You fancy Villa in the Europa League? I do, yeah. yeah so do I. I think Liverpool come 5th and Brighton come 6th. I think Villa come 7th. Really? Yep. Wow. It, it, do you know what? It's, it's realistic, to tell you the truth. I don't yeah. know why I'm... Wow, what about it? Like, I just think I, I don't know. I have a niggly feeling that they're going to get Conference League this year. Liverpool. I I don't think Liverpool will lose another game, or I think they'll, I think they'll win every game left. Hope so. Hope so. I, I don't know, because you know what Liverpool's like, though. Like they could just drop points next week, so it's hard to say. That's what it is. Um, we'll finish up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Um. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, as as usual, you can find us on um, the Parlay Sports app, PRLY Sports on the Apple App Store. Um, please follow us um, at Bottom Bids Pod on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Oren, do you want to maybe plug the the shorts? Yeah. So um, we've been uploading some shorts, uh, some YouTube shorts on onto our YouTube channel. They've been doing really really well. Um, so there'll be a lot more content on there. It's going to be. Probably the same content that you, you will see on TikTok and Instagram. So if you follow us there, you will see it. But look, we want you to support us on all our platforms. And uh, YouTube's one of our, our, our biggest platforms. So definitely hop on over there if, if you're missing the content. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we are going to have uh, two episodes for you this, this week's folks. Um, so you'll be listening to this on a Wednesday. But on, we will have an episode out on Friday. Um, we got a lot of good responses about our top 15 summer transfers. So Friday's episode, um, not to give too much away, but... Um, we're just going to be looking at some free agents um, over the, over this summer and talking about where they might end up and where we would like them to end up. Um, so once again, thank you very much for listening. And as always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom keep bins. Bottom bins.